Time for the Friday edition of Hancock and Kelly. You two belong together. John Hancock, Michael Kelly. Sponsored by Insperity. HR that makes a difference. On News Radio 1120, KMOX. Happy Friday, St. Louis. It's Hancock and Kelly in for our regular gig. You can hear us today from 8 to 11 right here on The Voice of St. Louis. Don't forget you can see us on Sunday mornings at 8.30 on Fox 2 for Hancock and the Kelly, Hancock and Kelly, the television show. Let me welcome in one of my very good friends, my co-host, and one of the most misguided politically thinking people I know, John Hancock. How are you, buddy? My neck hurts. Why is that? I don't know, man. I've been sleeping on it. It's been bad now for... About three days. Yeah, have you taken any uh, uh, like ibuprofen or something? Ooh, now there's an idea. Yeah, you haven't uh, done I that. I have not. It, it's it's really I don't know how I've slept. I've tried I've tried the high pillow. Mm-hmm. I've tried the low pillow, and it doesn't seem to matter. Really? And I have no idea. And the problem, of course, is that I don't know what I'm doing when I'm asleep because yeah, I'm asleep. But you have a machine that tells you whether or not you're sleeping well. Well, I got right? the I got the CPAP. And, uh-huh. Yeah, I got you a frowny. And, you and Joe Biden got a, a yeah right. <laughs> I got a frowny face this morning, uh-huh. uh, so that may be indicative of neck issues, I suppose. I don't know, but uh, yeah, this is all not right. good. I got a suggestion. All right. First of all, you got to take a couple ibuprofen. All right. See if that helps okay. out. Okay, that's a good idea. Have you ever gotten a massage in your life? Once. And and how did you like I it? I didn't like it. Why? I don't like people touching me. Really? Yeah. Buddy, I think what you need is a massage. A massage. You need somebody to get in that uh, neck and uh-huh. and really work it up and get that, uh, I think it's called acid loose that's probably tied up in those uh, I got muscles. Some, I got some acid in the You muscle. got some acid. It's left over from college huh. uh, that's uh, tied up in those muscles, and they move it around. And, well, I've got a wife. Yeah? I mean, you know? Do you think she'd be into giving you a massage? I, I, For about 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> no, you need to go to like a, an honest-to-God spa. Like and and get a massage. Lay there on the table yeah, no, and I'm have them rub on you. I don't you. want anybody rubbing. Are you on serious? Me. Yeah, no. You ever gotten a pedicure? No, a pedicure. Yeah. Have you? Oh my god, I probably get a pedicure at least once a month. Oh wow. You don't. Wow. You, you've never had a pedicure? Four three six. Dude, I bet you got some gnarly looking toes. One eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. My guy needs a massage and he needs a pedicure. This is ridiculous. I think it's going to help you. you, you a yeah, pedicure is somebody. one of the greatest things that have has ever been done to my body. You know, they get down there and they help you out. They clean you up. They polish those. You can get the shiny buff. I don't want the on shiny the nails. buff. I don't want shiny buffs on my. They, they toes. clean up those heels so that you don't have those calluses. All of a sudden, your 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 toes and your feet are as soft. Let's as go. To, uh, let's go to Damon. Damon, on, Damon, you're on KMLX. Hey, Damon. I guess we don't have Damon. Do we have Damon. Damon, there he is. Hello, Damon. Hey, how'd you guys know it was me? It's hard to say, <laughs> Damon, but we figured it out. Uh, you're well, calling yeah, about. I called a lot, yeah. yeah. So what's up? Well, it's nothing much. How you guys doing? The dynamic duo. What's going on? <laughs> Good. You ever gotten a pedicure, Damon? No. I've had a manicure before, but my fees are—they usually call them hammer toes. I—I yeah. would be afraid for people to touch them because they may—they may may cause them bodily harm. Well, I have a feeling but, uh, my buddy may be in the same <laughs> camp. <laughs> but I was going to ask you guys. I had a a, a, a a quick question. I mean, a quick statement about the uh, affirmative action. Go right Please. Uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, I agree with my friend, Mr. Kelly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right-thinking kind of guy. Huh? You're a right-thinking kind of guy. Well, of course. And the reason why is this. If you think about the history of the United States, and I, I love this country. I'm a veteran. Uh, I, I love this country. However, the history of the United States, in order 
for any person of color to be even considered equal, it has to be done in a legislative manner. I'm sorry, let's let's face the facts. Mr. Hancock, um, Plessy versus Ferguson, yep. Brown versus Board of Education, yep. 14, 15 amendments. So even women suffrages. I mean, you you had to do things to get things out of the power of I hate to say it, the white man. You know what I'm saying? He wants to have power and he wants to have it exclusively. So in order for anybody in this country over the years, over the 400 years that we've been over in this country, you had to do everything legislatively. Ask the American Indian or Native American. Ask anyone and just look at your history. What has to be done? If it's not done legislatively, look what happens to the person who of color. All right. Well, that's look a, what that's happens a... to the voting rights. Yep. Look what happens to anything. Redlining. I mean, just look at your history. I'm sorry, but that's a very legitimate point, Damon. But if you want to talk about the Brown case, uh, 1954, that overturned Plessy, Plessy said separate schools but equal were okay. Brown said no, Uh, it's not equal education, and that the schools were uh, integrated at that point all across the country. That was a proper decision, and it was too grounded in the 14th Amendment, the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment, which is a foundational amendment that came out of uh, the end of slavery. And this decision on affirmative action is rooted in precisely that 14th Amendment and the Equal Protection Clause. And when you've got Asian students, and the case was brought by Asian students who were denied access to Harvard. That's what the case was about. It wasn't about legacy enrollments. It was about that. And uh, and the court ruled that those Asian students at the 99% level uh, were being excluded Uh, and African-Americans, given that affirmative action preference, at the 40th percent level of academic achievement, uh, were enrolled. That was the case. It was equal protection, and I think the court got it right. All right, Damon, thanks for the call. That's John Hancock. We're going to continue to take your calls. If you want to call in, you can talk about affirmative action. You can talk about your pedicure or if my buddy needs a massage. KMOX, the 2023 Large Market Radio Station of the Year, recognized by the Missouri Broadcasters Association. KMOX. We were built for this. Hey, welcome back to Hancock and Kelly. I've been trying to convince my friend who's got a little uh, neck issue here, John Hancock. He needs to get a massage. I, I think you're massage. sleeping weird. Yeah. I think you've got a kink, which has built up acid in your neck there. I got acid in my neck. And therefore, you need to get that worked out of I you. I need to get and the when, acid worked out of my and neck. And when you go to the spa or the massage therapist, yeah. you can also get your feet done, which have never had a pedicure. You're missing out on one of the great... Uh, experiences in life, and let me just tell you, your wife, your kids, anybody who gets to see those gnarly-looking toes is going to be pleased that you did it. I got my feet are fine. I don't. I don't want anybody messing around with my feet. Let's go to Dan. Dan, you're on KMLX. Good morning, guys. I enjoy you on TV and on the radio. I listen to you whenever I can. Thank um, you. John, go get your feet done, man. What? It's the best thing in the world, I'm telling you, because I'm a courier yeah. in St. Louis, and I do a lot of walking, and once a month I go with my wife to get my feet done, and after it's done, it's like I'm walking on pillows. Hey, now, it Dan. Is, Amen. Uh, walking on pillows. And, yeah, I, I mean, it is sensational. It's as smooth as your it cheek, brother. It's a great relief. You could do it at home yourself. But the other thing is, I want you guys to explain to me, how do you think Putin's going to end up trying to uh, end this war and save face 
at the same time with his uh, people. So thank you All for right. taking we'll my talk call. About it. See you on TV Sunday. Thank All you. Right. All right. So you're a far better expert on what's going on with the war, but I'm not sure Putin's ever going to save face. I think he's going uh, to go out in a body bag. Well, it, man, it's it's really hard. It doesn't seem to me that the counteroffensive that the Ukrainians have launched really going back a month now has made very much progress. And, you know, they've got the tank support. They are months and months and months away from being able to fly the planes that we've given because the pilots aren't trained yet. Um, you know, and if Putin is willing to keep throwing bodies into this thing, and I don't think the Russian army is going to advance significantly further than where they are now in the Donbass. But, you know, at some point, Putin may just say, okay, I'm going to claim this territory that we've taken and and we're going to get out. But he's going to have to defend it indefinitely at that point. So I don't see an early end to this in any means. It could it could potentially go on for years. Has Putin been weakened by what happened with the Prigozhin uh, offensive into Russia, yeah, I think he has been weakened domestically and certainly internationally. But uh, I, I don't. I, it's hard for me to envision a coup succeeding in deposing him. Most coups fail. Well, unless the military starts to turn on him, and there's reports in Russia that some of the military is fighting with each other. Uh, these aren't folks, John, who voluntarily signed up to, uh, to be. They've been conscripted into the military right. over there. Uh, and so he may have some authority over them, but uh, the mass of the military, that's how the, the Russia fell the last time. Yeah. Hey, he's John Hancock. I'm Michael Kelly. We're going to get into our regular uh, political topics right now to take you to the top of the hour. John, it is very interesting to me. Uh, I've been uh, saying poor things about the former president for quite some time. You've been pretty objective in uh, your thoughts on the former president, the fact that he's leading your party's uh, nomination process and likely will be your nominee. Well, a lot of the money bags folks on the right are starting to come out with some money and are uh, going after Donald Trump. I think they realize the threat he can be for 2024 and ensuring that Joe Biden gets reelected. Well, the Koch family has long been opposed to Donald Trump, and they've doubled down. I think the number I saw was $70 million they're committing to an anybody but Trump strategy. More interesting for me is Leonard Leo, he of the Federalist Society, who very strongly supported Trump in 2016. Leonard Leo, you may recall, is the fellow that provided the list of names that would be acceptable Supreme Court justices. Uh, he has now come out in opposition to Donald Trump, uh, and that's, that's significant. But does it move the needle? I don't think so. And I, why do you say that? Well, I don't see Ron DeSantis catching fire. And, you know, the, at some point, the only way Trump doesn't become the nominee is if it becomes a two person race. And right now, it seems to me that the other kind of serious candidates, and I'm thinking about Nikki Haley, I'm thinking about uh, the Tim Scott, the, the senator from North, North Carolina and uh, South Carolina. And I'm thinking about, you know, potentially Chris Christie, although I think his is the longest of long shots. Christie's role in this thing is to tear down Trump. He's doing a pretty good job of it. Uh, but right now, Tim Scott, Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, take whoever you, you'd like. Their mission is to go and bump out not Donald Trump, but Ron DeSantis, because somebody needs to make this a two-way race. And unless and until it becomes a two-way race, I think there's no stopping Donald Trump. 
And Ron DeSantis has really been a, I don't know, like a flop to this point. He really hasn't gotten the traction. There was so much buildup that he was going to be there. So right now, if we looked at it today, John, it looks as though we're looking at a showdown just like we saw two and a half years ago between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. You agree? Not so fast. What? So I've got a theory on this. Oh, boy. You know, I I, I will either be proven correct or incorrect over time. Hmm. I do not believe Joe Biden's going to be the Democratic nominee for president. He's got health issues. He's got perception issues. His his uh, approval rating is in the tank. Doesn't seem to be getting any better. Now, he's clearly doing everything now to look like a candidate. I believe in his mind he is running for re-election. He's also beset with a running mate, Kamala Harris, who is equally unpopular and who he cannot get off the ticket for the reasons of base that the Democrats have. How do they extricate themselves from this problem? I think that the powers that be at some point are going to go to Joe Biden and say, you know, you got health issues, health concerns, you need to announce that you just are not going to do this. And then into the into that void steps the governor of California, Gavin Newsom. And that's who I think the powers that be on the Democratic Party are going to push Look, who forward. Who are these for powers that be? Well, I'm just, I mean, you on, have no powers that be in the Republican Party. And with Gavin Newsom, you get a dual benefit. You get Joe Biden out of the way. And because Gavin Newsom is from California and Kamala Harris is from California, you cannot, by Constitution, have the president and vice president from the same state. Right. So Gavin Newsom being the presidential nominee automatically removes Kamala Harris from the the ticket. He can pick whomever he wants as his running mate at that point. Uh, And that is, I wouldn't be shocked if that scenario doesn't play out precisely in that fashion. I'd like to know who the powers that be are in the Democratic Party that are going to go to the current president who has got almost unanimous consensus across the party. Of course, you've got RFK Jr. who's just out there in the delirious wing. But uh, everybody's supportive of them. Are you talking about former presidents? They're all out for working for on Powers his behalf. Be. Let me list them for you. Uh, organized labor, LGBTQ leadership community, progressive thought leaders, educators, large business CEOs all across the country. Uh, those are but some of the powers that be. The African-American, Jim Clyburn. Okay, uh, if I bought into your premise that powers that be could go and tell a sitting president of the United States running for re-election that he can't do it, why aren't the powers that be in the Republican Party showing up and telling Donald Trump, hey, you can't win? Guess what, John? There's no powers that be. Uh, Not on the Republican Party. You are correct. There's no powers that be on the Democratic side. Let me throw plaintiff's attorneys into the list that I just previously mentioned on the Democrat side. Let me tell you, if, if those folks went to Joe Biden as a collective group and said, we can't do this, you're going to lose, and we can't afford Donald Trump as president, that's what they're going to tell him. And your numbers are really bad. You've done a great service to the country. We appreciate you're going to go out as a hero, but you cannot run but, for re-election. But, John, it, it, if you go, go and look at the presidential uh, electorate yeah. and how you have to win by state by state, yeah. Joe Biden, if Donald Trump is the nominee— will win again, even with all of the detracting things could. that you've said about could, him. but it's not a slam dunk. No, it's not. And it, it's scary that he could be president it, again. Right. And, and so, but, I mean, and, that tells you a little something about our country that we're willing of, to jump off that cliff of, again. Speaking of powers that be, oh, who's this? it was just four years ago. It was just four years ago when, you may recall, 
it was looking increasingly like Bernie Sanders was going to be the Democratic nominee. He cleaned up in Iowa. He'd done very well in New Hampshire. We're moving into South Carolina now. And the powers that be said, whoa, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. And they trotted out Jim Clyburn, and they all came and coalesced behind old Joe no, Biden. No, actually, that they, was the first time that African Americans got a chance to express their voice in the process. Right. There were no powers that be. Jim Clyburn's right, an African American. Right. He made an endorsement. Everybody went with him. Democrats were ready to go and move forward. We heard the voice of uh, that reflected the entire view of our party and our country, and unfortunately, who won't reflect uh, won't be reflected in universities going forward. Hey, now, uh, you see how I tied that into that the, uh, no, the, the, like the that powers part. that be, <clears throat> and they do be, in the words of Frank Sinatra, doobie doobie doo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, it's going to happen. That's my prediction. Mark the tape, James O'Sullivan. Uh, let's let's pull that out sometime. I want to say around September, October. I bet many of you were hot as a firecracker last night. I surely was. We're going to talk about that Cardinal game when we're going to come back. I'm going to tell you about an experience I had in a restaurant. Huh. Shortages everywhere, Shortage. I tell you. That's unbelievable. What What's what's shortaged out there? I'm going to talk about it in the next. That was called a tease. Oh, See, what we're doing is we're keeping people through the news. Yeah, we want to keep people through the news. All right, the news is next right here on KOX. Time for the Friday edition of Hancock and Kelly. You two belong together. John Hancock, Michael Kelly, sponsored by Insperity, HR that makes a difference on News Radio 1120 KMOX. Brother, I did not get much sleep last night. I slept like a baby. Did you? I did. I um did you must not have watched the Cardinal game last I night. Saw, I saw enough of it. I watched the Cardinal game. I stayed to the end. Uh and but I, I was texting with you like I was, you know, a sports guy last night. I made predictions, you know, they're gonna do something. They gotta show us season ticket holders they care. Yeah, this is just pathetic. I mean, yeah, it's not one individual. It just seems to be the team. They don't seem to be cohesive. They're not playing together. Uh, the, the bullpen is just horrid. Um, you know, it's just, this is not good. Well, and on top of it, zero runs last night. I mean, they did lose 14 to nothing. I haven't seen a score like that since the Rams were in town. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's partially roster construction. I think it's partially some guys are having subpar seasons, but there's a lot of talent on this team. Now the pitching staff's a real problem. Uh, bad night for Adam Wainwright last night. So, yeah, it was. It's just not good. But I mean, the, the the only thing we hear is we need to be patient. We need to be patient. We are a patient, uh, you know, uh, fan base. We we are also spoiled. We've been to the playoffs what you know almost twenty times in the last twenty five years yeah, or so. Much, yeah. Uh, but I mean, this is not Cardinal baseball. This is not the Cardinal way. And let me tell you what else isn't the way the the uh, Cardinal way. So. Yesterday, I'm moseying around my little neighborhood there. I thought, you know what? I'm going to eat healthy tonight. Oh, I walked over to the little Vietnamese place across the street. The Vietnamese place. And I ordered my food. What, what do you get at the Vietnamese place? I got some tofu. You like tofu? Oh, Pedicures and tofu. Yeah, like a tofu stir fry with some onions in there. And there oh. were some peppers and some jalapenos and cilantro. Buddy, it, it was, it's so delicious. You'd love it. I would. You I'm would sure. love it. Yeah. Seriously. Tofu is good. You, I know you probably think it's some earthy granola thing, it's but exactly it's not. It, 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 it absorbs the flavor of whatever it's cooked with. And so, so I get done. Onion. I order my food. I get some, uh, some pineapple fried rice. <laughs> so I'm 
paying for my bill. Yeah. I paid the guy. Yeah. And I said, hey, um, on the way out, they, they used to have like a little condiment little place where you could grab your condiments. Mm-hmm. And I walked over there and there was no sriracha. And what? so I said to the guy. What's sriracha? Sriracha, it's like a pepper. Uh, it's like a pepper sauce. It's real popular in Asia. It is? Uh, you'll see it in the grocery store. It's got all the sriracha. Asian writing on it. And it's, you know, it looks like it comes in like a, uh, like a, like you get mustard or ketchup in sounds, one of those bottles. Sounds Hispanic, sriracha. I don't know. I don't know. How do you spell it? I, it starts with an S. I don't know oh, how you spell S. it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So anyway, I said so to the guy, hey, uh, can I get a little of that sriracha sauce that you have? And he goes, oh, we only sell it. And I said, what? He goes, we're only selling it because sriracha is so expensive They're right selling now. the sriracha. I'm like, well, couldn't you have told me that you prior can't... to me paying you for the food? So I got no sriracha sauce. How, how much they want for the sriracha? Oh, they wanted a buck fifty or something. I didn't have any cash on me because I had paid with a credit card, and so I'm just you like, put oh, your by the way, one dollar sriracha. Since I brought, no, I'm not going to go bill another thing on the credit card after I just spent twenty something dollars plus a twenty percent tip. And at the bottom of my, um, at the bottom of my thing, there was a three percent fee because I paid with a credit card. Have you have you experienced this yet? I don't look at the bill. Wait, we, oh well, that's because you're rich. No, I'm not no, rich. Uh, I just don't uh, look you, at the you, bill. Uh, I, see, this is how it is for to be a Republican. Yeah. You don't have to worry about what things. I don't cost. have to worry about no sriracha. I'll tell you that. Yeah, and, but, but I mean, at the bottom of the bills now, they're putting three percent fee because you paid with a credit card. Let me uh, take a survey. Why don't they quick. just build that into the full cost of let's, food? Let's just take a survey. Why am I doing a three percent? James O'Sullivan, fee? have you ever eaten sriracha? We're gonna get an answer from James O'Sullivan. No, I don't think I have. Right, Are you familiar you with sriracha sauce? I've heard of it before, though. Everybody's into sriracha. You it's know, huge. That would be 66.6% of us uh, have not eaten sriracha in this very studio. I have met two guys who've never majority. gotten a pedicure are going to sit here and give me a pontification on sriracha. You won't even try tofu, so why would you even know what sriracha is? I guarantee you when we have the show come in, which, by the way, is Amy Markscourse and Chris Ranji. Yeah. That's Chris co- and Amy. It used to be the show. Oh, yeah. it's the Chris and Amy show. They like sriracha. And, uh, but have you experienced the 3% fee on, on your credit card? I don't think card? so. You don't. So they, but, wow. Yeah, they, so this is now if you're going to pay with a credit angle. card, they, they hit you with an extra fee. And it's just, I don't know. I kind of just wish we would build all this into the cost of everything. Why am I having, you know, an extra service fee, an extra blah, blah, blah fee, and now you're going to get to pay a sriracha fee? And, uh, yeah, oh, by the way, you're paying with a credit card. Here's an extra 3%. Come on, just tell me that the food costs $25 rather than 20 and let's knock the nonsense off. Well, but don't you like to know where your money's going out there? You got the sriracha is going to be a buck fifty. Uh, you know, and yeah, but they used to give the, the a week ago when I went in there, they would hand me a little sriracha like it was water. Now, well, not like water. I mean, I'm not a gluttonous guy, you know, and because and I do pay attention to what things cost because I'm not a money bag. Do like you, you eat the sriracha by itself, or do you no, put you, the sriracha on other? things? You put it on the rice. You put uh, it on the tofu. tofu. You put yeah, you put it on, on the tofu. tofu. It helps with the. Um, it helps with it now. Sriracha is is, is, S-R-I-R-A-C-H-A. Wow. It's a pepper, and it's it's delicious. You'd love it. I'm just telling you, it's expensive right now. I don't think I'm acquainted with another word that starts with an S-R. Really? Yeah. Sriracha? Well, I don't, it's obviously not an English word. I think it's an Asian or Latin. But what do I know? Well, you know about sriracha. But I know that it tastes good, and I wanted it, and they wanted to charge me an extra buck fifty for it. Huh? We're going out to eat tonight. Where are you going? I can't remember. 
What do you mean? <laughs> she told is, me. Are you taking her on a date, or is it just you're going with another couple? We're going with uh, our good friends of Blums. Oh, the Blums. The Blums and we are going to dinner tonight. Really? Yeah. And so, uh, now who will pay? The, both of us. Yeah. Oh, so you divide the bill. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't do that. I, that would, that would, uh, I, I want to know before I go there, like you invited me and this is your treat. Otherwise, I, I'm, I, if the bill comes, I'm buying because I don't like that uncomfortableness of when they show up and say, will this be one check or two? And two. I'm like, it's, as a server, they hate that, John. No, they don't. The servers don't want to hear, oh, they, yeah, could you mark our food up in a different, why don't you come by yourselves? They, they got to go and uh, now they got to, oh, he got the tofu and she got the chicken. They're on separate bills. That's a pain in the neck. How about doing it this way, Michael? All right. One check or two. You say one. And then you place two credit cards in and they 50 50 it. Well, that, that now that's a different uh, that's, formula. That's I've not roll. seen that. That's how we so, roll. So, no, that would be one check, yeah. two credit cards. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. All right, then. I don't have a problem with that. But when you half. start to say, Georgianne and I are on one tab, <sighs> and, and the Blums are on another tab, and by the way, if you're going to bring us the bread and charge us <laughs> an extra $5 for that, could you please spit that, split that for two fifty? You know what you people are? Those are the people that the servers just want to grab you by the head and slam your heads on the table. That would have been uh, $0.75 cents a couple for the Sriracha had we, uh, <laughs> had we been doing that. Well, big major news day going on. Today, again, the Supreme Court is is going to come down with a ruling likely today uh, as it relates to Joe Biden's student loan forgiveness. And so we're going to find out about that and uh, later this morning, maybe even during this show, and if not, certainly during Chris and Amy, that ruling will come down. But yesterday's really historic ruling, uh, banning affirmative action from admission to colleges and universities in the country, came down. It's quite controversial, and we're going to visit with Bloomberg White House correspondent Jordan Fabian right after we come back after this very short, brief intermission of the program. It's John Hancock and Michael Kelly on X. Now, back to Hancock and Kelly, sponsored by Insperity, HR that makes a difference on News Radio 1120, KMOX. Well, you're well informed. There was a historic ruling yesterday by the Supreme Court ending affirmative action in the United States as it relates to colleges and universities. Joining us on the Quiver River Electric Guest Line is Bloomberg White House correspondent Jordan Fabian. Mr. Fabian, thanks for joining us here at KMOX in St. Louis. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Can you kind of talk us through some of the specifics of the ruling yesterday? Sure. So uh, the 6-3 majority, the conservative majority on the court, uh, ruled that uh, essentially that affirmative action policies at Harvard University and the University of North Carolina uh, were unconstitutional because they violated the 14th Amendment Equal Protection Clause. And so the colleges and universities, they did it in such a way that uh, it effectively knocked down uh, two previous cases that basically gave precedence uh, for universities and colleges to uh, use race when considering admissions. Now they won't be able to. So uh, admissions officers at, at schools across the country will have to come up with new criteria on how they uh, plan to make up their student body. But at the same time, they also had a ruling that said at military schools, you know, uh, West Point, uh, the Air Force Academy, you could continue to use affirmative action. That's correct. There was an exemption. Uh, the Chief Justice, John Roberts, who wrote the opinion, left an exemption for military academies. And they're saying that they have different uh, goals different uh, criteria that apply to them than other colleges and universities. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting ruling. And, 
The underlying case in Harvard I'm, I'm familiar with. It was brought by Asian Americans who claimed they were discriminated against because of the affirmative action policies. Uh, was that the same situation with the North Carolina case, or was there a different plaintiff involved there? Yeah, there was, uh, there was a bit of a different kind. I know that there were uh, certain complaints about uh, you know, athletes getting admitted to uh, and giving preferential admission to uh, universities. So uh, there are plaintiffs coming from different sides of this and uh, claiming that these affirmative action policies were effectively violated, violating their rights. We know that several states in the country have done away with affirmative action for their enrollment policies, California probably being the, the most uh, notable because of the size. Uh, have we seen a diminution of African-American enrollment in states like California and, and other states that have done away with affirmative action criteria? Yeah, I don't think I know enough about that to uh, to comment on it, uh, but you know, there's a lot of debate about what the, what the effect of this is. Obviously, supporters of Affirmative action say it will uh, result in uh, fewer uh, ri- uh, racial minorities, uh, you know, black people, Hispanic people getting admitted to colleges, and then also uh, then going on to uh, different professions. Uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see whether that comes true. Uh, there have been some colleges uh, that are considering using different criteria that promote diversity, like socioeconomic background, the, the place where students live. And, of course, students are still free to mention their racial background in, in, in essays, uh, in their application essays. So uh, we'll have to see uh, how the policy actually uh, changes the, the outlook of, uh, of, uh, of colleges and university classes. Uh, June is always uh, Supreme Court ruling month. So we get these historic rulings and they seem to roll one after another. Today we're anticipating one on President Biden's loan forgiveness. Uh, this could play a role in the upcoming election. What are we hearing? Certainly, the the justices at the oral arguments did not seem uh, predisposed to let this policy stand. That's a unilateral student loan relief that the President Biden uh, put into place. So uh, you, you can hear a lot of complaints. You expect to hear a lot of complaints from civil rights groups who not only uh, having affirmative action struck down, uh, then having the student loan relief uh, that they argued for struck down by the court. And so there could be a lot of pressure. Uh, from those groups to on the Biden administration to take some sort of action to to rectify it, maybe uh, trying and trying again through uh, by using a different law. Uh, we'll have to see how the Biden administration responds. We we do know that in the Dobbs decision last year, uh, when that struck down nationwide abortion rights, uh, President Biden and Democrats really used that to harness Democratic voter anger uh, to support their candidates at the polls. And uh, one would expect they would try to do that again uh, with young people, voters of color, who might be disappointed by these rulings. Yeah, we're going to talk about the political implication of this and other Supreme Court rulings. I want to thank our guest, Bloomberg White House correspondent Jordan Fabian. Thanks for your insight, sir. Have yourself a great weekend and a Fourth of July. My pleasure. You too. Happy Fourth of July. All right. So, yeah, the, the politics of this is pretty interesting. You make the point that it's going to fire up the Democrat base. Well, uh, look, I think the Supreme Court is doing the best it can to help ensure that Democrats will hold the White House and probably pick up both the House and the uh, pick up the House and the upcoming election. Why, John? We've gone through several rulings now over 2 years since uh, you all forced in these folks into the Supreme Court. 
We have the Dobbs ruling. uh, Yeah, right. Remember when we were not supposed to do stuff in the last year of a presidential blah, blah, blah? We're not getting into that. You know exactly what I'm talking about. So here's the deal. We had the Dobbs ruling came out that outlawed abortion in the country, uh, and then states could go do their own piece. You have the LGBT rulings that continue to come down from the Supreme Court. We saw this ruling yesterday on affirmative action. Uh, Now we're going to see student loans. Let's talk about those four constituency groups that are most affected by them. Females, uh, particularly suburban females throughout the country, upset with what's going on with access to abortion, even in cases of rape and incest. That could bring voters. Definitely going to have motivated women voters. Students, once they get hosed by the Supreme Court on their student loan, uh, their student loans, these folks are going to be showing up. African Americans, a huge constituency base of the Democratic Party. Uh, obviously most affected by the ruling that just came down. You essentially are motivating every aspect of the Democratic base to come out in 2024. The Supreme Court's doing that. And people are now paying attention and going to realize that elections have consequences. I think you're going to see an overwhelming Democratic turnout. I think you're going to see a House that's going to go blue. Um, And I think you're going to see some changes in the court coming down. Nah. Uh, you know, Donald Trump's presence on the ticket is sufficient to inspire the Democrat base. They don't need Supreme Court rulings to to do that. If Donald Trump's a Republican nominee, Democrats are going to turn out. Uh, the question remains, if Donald Trump's a Republican nominee, what does that do to the Republican bloc? And my concern as a Republican is that there are enough Republicans who are not content or passionate about a second Donald Trump term, that you're going to have all of the passion on the Democratic side if Trump is the Republican nominee, and the Republican side is going to be somewhat depressed. So despite the fact, I've seen the polling, 70-plus percent of Republicans like Donald Trump, but that means 20 to 30 percent don't. And, you know, I think that in and of itself is going to be a turnout driver for you guys. I don't know that the Supreme Court case, the, the one caveat there is that there could be some erosion in the suburbs. Yeah, as but you I was going to say, how have you not been paying issue? attention to um, the, the abortion debate that's going on through the country? That is going to help Democrats. And let me tell you, look, you're right. We do well with African-American voters. Democrats have always done well with African-American voters. But we're out registering folks to vote. And, and after this ruling, it's going to sure help. You all are out celebrating this while the rest of us are mourning it. And I think you're going to see African-Americans come out in unprecedented numbers. Well, if you look at the polling data, the abortion, I grant you, the abortion decision was unpopular in the in the public as a whole. This affirmative action decision actually is supported by a majority of the country. Uh, you know, it. <laughs> The court's job isn't to do politics. Their job is to, you know, determine oh. what the Constitution says. No, I'm not arguing that the court's doing politics. They're they're making their rulings based on how they were put in there. But let's not forget the antics that went down that changed this court that put them in there. That's not lost on voters out there. Voters on the Democratic side are going to be as motivated as they've been. We've not had an opportunity, a presidential election cycle, since the Dobbs decision, and now since what we're going to see on the affirmative action decision, and what we've seen now uh, later today on the school decision. That's going to motivate people, and it's not going to be just the narrative of what the court's up to, John. It's going to be the antics of how the Republicans flipped the court, changed their own internal rules to do it, and you're going to have motivated Democrats showing up in unprecedented numbers. I think that you've got a tsunami coming at you 
uh, in this upcoming election, particularly if you have Donald Trump on your top of your ticket? Well, the country is divided. There's no question about that. We've got a couple of calls on the line. Let's go to Larry. Larry, you are on KMOX. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. Um, so on the scales of justice, the woman is blindfolded. Why can't we administer that to the ruling yesterday on affirmative action? The students or the, the system is blindfolded. The race should have no interference in whether a student is accepted based on their merits. You know, it's interesting to me, these Democrats, which, Mr. Kelly, you are, why do they adamantly refuse to have black students Go for schools of choice. They keep them enslaved in these schools in, in the hey, inner city. Thanks for city the call, where- Larry. About my, here would be my question to yeah. Larry. It, is it blind justice when they allow the legacy people to go in? That so Ivanka Trump here. can continue to go because Daddy and Daddy before that got to go? You know, there's that's an institutional racism. Most so of those legacy kids are going to be white. Bring the suit. They're taking it forward. Well, yeah, but, but the court specifically said that they can't rule on that. No, because it wasn't brought. It wasn't part of the suit. Right. The but, suit but, was brought by So the, the, the Asian rules Americans. still stand for rich white people. That's And that's what it comes down to, no, John. That, that is not accurate. It is too true. But we got new right around the corner. We'll be back. If you're on hold, stay on hold. We'll take your calls after this on KMOX. Find out what's happening with your Redbirds from the manager himself, Oliver Marmel. Sunday mornings at 10.15 on Sports on a Sunday morning. And Wednesday mornings at 9.50. The Ollie Marmel Show on Cardinals Radio, KMOX. Good morning, St. Louis. Thanks for listening to the Hancock and Kelly Show. We've got, uh, what, about another hour and a half with you here on KMOX. We're grateful to listen to you. Hey, it's your turn to get in on the conversation. 314-436-7900. You've heard us bloviate for a while. We'd love to hear from you. Let's go to Mark. Mark, you're on The Voice of St. Louis. Uh, Yes, I just wanted to make a comment that um, if you don't respect life in the womb, then people aren't going to respect life outside the womb. Thank you. All right, Mark. Appreciate that uh, perspective. I guess he was speaking much. to the Dobbs ruling. Yes, yeah. speaking about uh, mm-hmm. abortion. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I don't want to get too far into the weeds on, on the abortion thing. I, I think as a society, most of us believe that there's a point in the pregnancy where the life of that child should be protected by the state. And the the difference of public opinion is where that line should be drawn. But I think if you start from that premise that there is a point in time during a pregnancy where the life of the child has rights. More rights than the life of the mother? No. Well, the life of the mother, if you're talking about that, which is a horrific circumstance, but uh, most state laws, uh, I think perhaps all state laws, recognize that abortion is allowed uh, in cases where the life of the mother is threatened so uh but i'm you know that's a relatively rare circumstance but i think there's universal agreement that well the there was rare circumstances as it related precedent. to kids uh transgender kids but we spent a whole legislative session on it we've got uh we don't have exemptions for rape uh and uh incest in this state and that's not popular and exactly and and it's just the 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 extreme nature of this law i think there's going to be a backlash we've seen it in red states john we saw it in Kansas, uh, Kansas of all places. I mean, you know, you know, but although they seem to be a little bit more progressive than us these days because we're trying to be Alabama. Well, the laws that, that prohibit abortion um, in any circumstance 
uh, for the entirety of pregnancy are not going to, they're not going to withstand public opinion. Their public opinion is settled on it. Uh, it's fluid uh, to a certain extent. And it's certainly there's a different point in time during the pregnancy where there's, you know, not universal agreement. But uh, where I think there is near universal agreement is that at the late stages of a pregnancy, the child, the child's life should be protected by the state. Question for you. Yeah. Hypothetical or not hypothetical. This is a real life circumstances we're living here. I'm, we did not prepare this, what I'm about to ask oh, you. Oh, good. Um, we live in a state that's controlled by uh, a veto-proof Republican majority. Yeah. I think you would agree to me with me that it's a very right-of-center group that's down in Jefferson City. Yeah. Uh, but when you see some of the statewide initiatives that get proposed across the state of Missouri, the legislature, which is overwhelmingly red and, and pretty far to the right, mm-hmm. is not really reflective of where voters are. I'll make a couple of examples. A raise in the minimum wage mm-hmm. went to statewide voters. They passed it overwhelmingly. Yep. Expansion of Medicaid uh, that the Republicans had tried to keep from happening. Uh, both all these things they tried to keep from happening um, wound up getting passed by voters. Right to work, the protection of unions in the state of Missouri, an often target of the Republicans, put to the ballot. People overwhelmingly supported it. We're likely going to see an abortion bill of some type, the legalization of abortion and rollback of some of these extremist policies here uh, in the state of Missouri on the ballot in the upcoming election. I think it will pass. We also are potentially hearing of some other uh, initiatives that may come forward, uh, in protection of sick days for workers, et cetera, that would be coming up. I think these things will pass. What's going on with our legislature where they're not truly reflective of where a legalization of marijuana would be another one uh, that was passed here by voters in the state of Missouri? What's going on with our legislature that they have got this far-right policies that are not reflective of where the voters are? Well, I would say... I have several thoughts here. One, the legislators that are elected in their districts absolutely are representative uh, of the districts that they're running in. And in each of those issues you mentioned, minimum wage, Medicaid expansion, right to work, and marijuana, those were ballot efforts that had funding on one side, but, just the well, pro side. But why wasn't there money against it? I mean, apparently there's a bunch of money to put these right wingers in the legislature down there to push this stuff. Is it because they're trying to legislate it and they don't want the will of the people to take over? Why? why I mean, I don't understand why you would be saying that because it's only being funded on one side. Yeah. yeah, because the legislature is out of touch with where the people of the state of Missouri are. No, no. They no, are, no. John. I, I'm, what I'm saying the is— The money would be there if people cared about those other positions on the other side. Th- it would show true. up. That is true. The market would provide money to oppose those things if people felt strongly enough to oppose them, that the money didn't feel strongly enough to oppose them, and the—, the Plain reality is that in each and every one of those instances, which and you could say those are left-of-center policies, I would agree with you. They're left-of-center policies. But there was zero money expended to oppose them and millions of dollars in each case, millions of dollars spent to advocate for them. And I would tell you, as I think you would say, if you got a campaign and one candidate spending three, four, five million dollars and the other candidate spending two hundred dollars, the but, outcome but, is going to be— But that be, doesn't answer the question. Because the question to you is, why is the legislature not reflective of where the people are, yet you're saying they these are. issues are being funded by one side when they're put to the voters? That, if, the, if the legislature, which was funded by these interests, 
why aren't they spending money on the other side? It's because they're out of touch with where people in the state of Missouri are. No. They have this extremist right-wing policies no. that are not reflective of where the voters are. Anytime voters are given a chance to speak on these social issues, guess what? They're not where our legislators are. The Chamber of Commerce and the business interests didn't care enough about the minimum wage to spend money fighting it. Uh, the medical community spent millions of dollars to expand Medicaid. There was no constituency on the other side opposing it. Didn't spend any money. Labor unions spent millions of dollars on right to work, uh, prohibiting right to work policies. The folks that are in favor of right to work chose not to spend any money. They, they didn't. Uh, that's their choice. Marijuana. There was no real money spent opposing the marijuana initiative. And you put something on a ballot, you put millions of dollars behind it, and the people are going to vote for it. And it, So both can be true, that you know that these things are passing because they're one-way funded, and the legislature reflects the— No, the, they don't the reflect, because if the legislature reflected the people of the state of Missouri, right to work would have never have made the ballot. They wouldn't have been stifling—they uh, wouldn't have been stifling the uh, marijuana legalization bills and killing them in the legislature. They would have allowed the minimum wage. They would have raised the minimum wage. They're paid for by special interests who want to do it at the legislature, but when the voters get a chance to say what's going to happen, the money's not there. Breaking news? What just walked in? Breaking news? Uh, from the Supreme Court, a 6-3 decision, the Supreme Court struck down President Joe Biden's plan to cancel $400 billion in student loan debt. That's just coming down the wire. Thank you, Stuart McMillan. No problem. No surprise there, right? I no. think we anticipated it, particularly after yesterday's rulings. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's the proper oh, ruling. Well, the, I bet you do. The, well, the president doesn't have the authority to, to do that. I mean, that's what the ruling is. It's a, the court's not deciding on the merits of these things. They're deciding on are they constitutional, and they they made another proper ruling here this morning. I bet we're going to get to hop into that topic with uh, Amy and Chris when they come it in with us. It might just happen. But uh, we're going to step aside for a couple minutes. We're going to come back and talk some Cardinal baseball when we get back. Mm. It's not good. It's going to be brutal. KMOX, Voice of the Cardinals, right here. Trusted information, live and local. From the award-winning KMOX Newsroom. Well, I want to thank you for all the calls, especially my fans out there, letting us know uh, what they think. Uh, yeah, yeah there, well, you know, when sometimes you got to be passionate and argue your side. And That's it. I get it. There's lots of people out there listening that may not agree with me, but we're grateful you listen to KMOX. We are. Specifically, we love it when you listen to Cardinal Baseball, yeah. even though it can be painful at times, John Hancock. Yeah, last night was really painful, and particularly so for Adam Wainwright, who is just one of the finest people uh, around, I mean, you, surely think, one of the finest to wear a cardinal uniform ever. Yeah. Uh, and not just the talent on the baseball field, which is substantial. I think you can make the case that Adam Wainwright is probably the second greatest pitcher in the history of Cardinal baseball. You can make a case for D Dizzy Dean, I suppose, but he didn't last that long here. But uh, Wainwright, uh, just two wins away from two hundred wins, he'd become only the second Cardinal pitcher to hit that. And his last two outings have just been horrific. Uh, three outings ago, Adam Wainwright threw his only quality start of the season. He got into the seventh inning, gave up three runs, got the win. Uh, but the last two, the start in London and then last night against the Astros, were very, very hard to watch. And he's just not getting people out. And Adam had this to say last night after the ball game. You know, there's a lot of different emotions um, that I'm feeling right now. But I'm trying to uh, not hinder the rest of the team with it you know mm -hmm. uh, nobody needs a Debbie Downer nobody needs a negative uh, force walking around so 
still try to stay positive and encourage guys and be a good teammate through my struggle. You know, can't bring everyone else with me. Yeah, I, yeah it reminded me so much of when I was a kid, and my hero was Bob Gibson. Loved Bob Gibson. And 1975 was Bob Gibson's final season in baseball. He was awful that year. He, I think his record was like 3-10 and 10 or something. And uh, he just he, he was just horrible that year. And his final pitch, it was in September of 1975. We were playing the Cubs. They had the bases loaded. Gibson was in the game. He was working out of the bullpen at that point. He stopped being a starting pitcher. And he came in, and up to the plate steps Pete LeCock, Michael. Uh-huh. You remember Pete LeCock? Nope. Pete LeCock was the son of Peter Marshall, the host of the Hollywood Squares. You Ooh. remember the Hollywood Squares? I am familiar with the Hollywood Squares. So his son, Pete LeCock, who uh, apparently Pete, Peter Marshall's name was Pete LeCock, but he changed it to host the Hollywood Squares. Regardless, Pete LeCock hits a grand slam home run off of Bob Gibson. It's the last pitch Bob Gibson ever threw in the big leagues. And the, watching that season and that hero, that greatest Cardinal pitcher of all time, uh, go out like that was very painful. And this kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. But I, I don't have – look, this Cardinal season – It's lost. It, it's lost. Yep. It's not Adam Wainwright's fault. No. Adam Wainwright has – I don't know what I expected of Adam Wainwright other than to come in and be our fifth starter. Right. He shouldn't have – none of this pressure that's been lobbed on top of Adam Wainwright should have been an issue. And I don't think that – I think he's been forced into the spotlight due to our circumstances and has been in a lot of games that maybe he wouldn't have. And this really should be a, a, a triumphant year for Adam Wainwright. I hope he sticks it out. I hope we can figure it out. But i got to tell you, John – I'm frustrated as a Cardinal fan. I'm a season ticket holder. Yeah. And it's like calling up and asking someone for a favor to offer them your ball tickets. Mm. There's considerable money in these ball tickets. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you call somebody up and, hey, would you like to Oh, you know what? It's going to be 78 degrees. There's a chance it may rain. And uh, uh, will you pay for the parking? And uh, can you ensure I'll be safe when I go down there? And and then I'll consider taking the tickets. Or maybe my kid will. I mean, that's kind of what I'm running into. And so as a Cardinal fan, last night I was all spun up. I want to see them show me they care. Mm. And when I say show me they care is that I appreciate Mo. I'm not a Mo hater. I know there's a lot of folks out there who have real problems with John Mosellock. I would point to our record over the last several uh, decades as to why the Cardinals are, you know, and John Mosellock's been a part of that yeah. and helping make it that. He's earned the right to have a year that's gone bad. But at the same time, I don't think he's earned the right to say to me, just be patient. Because it's hard to be patient. Yeah. You spoiled me, Mr. Mosellock, and I expect more of this team. You got to offer me more than be patient. Yeah, and you know, there's enough talent here. It just it, it it's hard to really comprehend when you look at a lineup that has uh, Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, who are both having good, solid years. Not not their greatest years, but they're very solid years. And you know, up and down the lineup, whether it's Newt Barr, you know, Tommy Edmond, who's just been incredible now playing center field defensively, he's hitting. Jordan Walker, 17-game hitting streak. I mean, incredible. Contreras uh, had a very, very cold spell this year. Uh, not a typical Wilson Contreras season, but, I mean, that's not the reason this team is struggling. They didn't score any runs last night. and But the bullpen has been suspect all year. 
and you get into the how many leads have we lost in the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings? A lot. Mm-hmm. How many one-run games have we lost? A lot. We've only lost one 14-run game so far. <laughs> that was last night. Uh, but anyway, we we're talking about Bob Gibson's last year. Okay, he, and he, what was his name? Lacock. Pete Lacock. He okay. hits a grand slam. Gibson walks out. So they used to in those days. They used to have old timers games, mm-hmm. and they'd have all the former players out, and they'd, oh they'd play about three or four innings in uh, exhibition style. You uh-huh. know? So we were at Wrigley Field, and it's, I don't know, it's eight nine years after Gibson retired, and uh, <laughs> Bob Feller was on the mound pitching. And uh, they brought uh, Gibson in out of the bullpen in the uh-huh. old timers game, and up to the plate steps Pete Lecoq oh of the Chicago Cubs. And uh, first pitch, he beamed him right in the ribs, Did right he? in the ribs. It was. Uh, Did uh, they all laugh? Uh, well, no, uh, Gibson wouldn't laugh. I mean, Gibson was dead. Well, he serious. was dead serious. Yeah. Well, so Lecoq, did he did kind of get it? Uh, oh, uh, he, yeah, I'm sure he remembered that that was the last. You know, it might have been one of Pete LeCock's last home runs for all I know. He right. didn't have much of a career. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 hurtful to watch what's happening. Well, yeah, but when you when you see reflections of what's going on in the in the uh, dugout there, yeah. does it does it seem like a team that's even gelling? No. Uh, you know, the press conferences with losing. Ollie. Yeah. Uh, and I can appreciate, you know, Tony LaRusso was no treat to watch when it came to press conferences. Yeah. Uh, but he also was winning. Yeah. Can you uh, imagine the press conference? Yeah. After a 14 to nothing game? No. Oh. No. That would have been I bet brutal. there'd be a bunch of players out there that we wouldn't even know their names because well, they were be coming up of, from there'd be a bunch Singer of reporters uh, that wouldn't ask any more questions. I'll tell you that. Right. <laughs> but I mean, it, it just, I don't feel the energy. It's almost like yeah. the team has accepted defeat. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, I think they went from disbelief to resignation yeah. almost, you know, how the season's gone. And, but we're fans. We're here. We're still going to show up three million strong. We deserve more of an explanation or a little more action than just be patient. I'll tell you. And let's not forget the, the, the you know, typically the managers had roles on stuff like that, fair or unfair. We had a manager took us to the playoffs and got fired. Yeah. Um, we're, we're in the worst record we've had in my lifetime uh, yeah. as a start. And I'm being told, be patient, but, uh, you know, try to give those tickets away that you've bought as a season ticket holder. That's, a, that's rough. Yeah. I mean, that's brutal. I, well, in the last years of the Rams, I remember you had Rams tickets. People would leave them on their windshield <laughs> uh, parked out by the stadium, and, they, and the folks still wouldn't take them. You know, that team was so, so pitiful for years. But, you know, the Cardinals need to address the league has moved on to pitchers that throw swing and miss stuff, the lot of movement, high velocity pitchers. We just don't have enough of those on this team. And that's a roster construction problem. That's it for us solo. Guess yeah. what's coming up next? We, well, got we got Amy and Chris coming Chris in studio and not, with us. Chris and Amy will be both here, and there's so much to talk about. They're gonna talk about it, and we're gonna talk about it with them on Camo X.